What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Respect the Game Podcast. My name is Edward, named after a Trillo G, that being my pops. Shout out to my mother and my grandmother for helping raise me too. Please make sure you go follow at Emacs Stats for all your up-to-date high school, pro, and collegiate sports coverage. We're not disappointed. We'll keep y'all up-to-date on all that is going on in the beautiful sports world. And as always, man, what is a podcast without your brothering? <laughs> Big brother, Iron Man, Sign Hard is all tapping in, man. That's Twitter, Instagram, Sign Hard, Surgical Picks, coming to a wallet near you. Go. Yo, it is the one and only Black Peace, the host with the most that blows the most smoke. Uh, be sure to go check out Talking Smoke on Apple Podcast, Spotify. Let's get it. Good afternoon, beautiful people. It is I, the one and only Sedacious Miles. And on behalf of me and my brothers, I want to say thank you so much for supporting and rocking with us. Go follow me at I am Sedacious on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Take it away, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, getting to it. Uh, what is, I guess, currently everybody in the sports world, specifically on the uh, basketball side, is waiting to see what will happen with the John Morant situation. Recently, over the weekend, apparently after the Denver game, they're still in Colorado. John Morant goes on IG Live. Um, he's in some type of nightclub in the process of, you know, hanging out, chilling or whatever. He shows a gun on his IG Live. Down the problem, the overall arching problem with that now currently that has allowed the NBA to start an investigation is that the NBA prohibits any gun possession uh, on NBA facility property or if a player has a gun possession, taking it on a team travel for a team business road trip, so on and so forth. Um, with Ja, with one Ja not being in Memphis and that taking place, maybe he has, you know, the league has reason to believe, okay, he in Memphis, you know, he could have went home after the game and then went out. That was the case. That was on a road trip. So, uh, so within that, the NBA is trying to figure out where did this gun come from? Is it Ja Morant's? If it is Ja Morant's, did he take this gun with him on a road trip? If that comes out to be the case, automatic, no type of ruling or court or jury, whatever the case may be, automatic 50-game suspension. That is what everybody's waiting on to see how the tables are, to see how the dominoes will fall in John Morant's case with him flashing the gun on his IG Live uh, this past weekend in Denver, Colorado. They said that the uh, Colorado authorities, the police, are also launching an investigation on job flashing a gun. Uh, Colorado open carry state, but it is considered a a crime if you're operating if you're using a gun and you're under the influence of alcohol. Couldn't really tell whether or not Jai was drunk. You know who's going to figure that out. So that may not lead to anywhere. But again, the central focus is did Jai. Morant had possession of a gun um, while he was, you know, on the road trip, you know, on on a work on a work related trip with the Grizzlies. And again, if that turns out to be the case, there is a fifty game suspension that he must serve. What do y'all what do y'all take away from this situation as it uh, as it relates to Ja and his future, future of his career? <clears throat> ja Morant. As I've been seeing them called on Twitter, but 
Man, Shannon Sharp said something to this a couple weeks ago, man. You got to stop, bro. Um, you headed into no man's land. You're going backwards. You are definitely, John Morant is probably the poster boy for hustling backwards right now. Um, <clears throat> in regards to reaching a pinnacle that few people uh, in life ever get to reach, um, you're in the less than 1% club as far as financial earnings and power and what you're able to do. And you soiling it, man. Um, and you'd have been a repeat offender. There's been multiple, you know, stories coming out with, you know, you showing up to a confrontation or you involved in the confrontation and somehow, some way, guns getting pulled, guns getting drawn. Um, even back to a tweet he made earlier, I think a year or two ago saying, Ja, why are you acting hood when you're rich? He's like, can't change. Been on that, still on that, forever on that. Always gonna be, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, you're not a gangster. You're a basketball player, bro. Like, why are you, you carrying yourself like you're a rapper, like you got ops or something. Like, your ops are the Golden State Warriors, bro. Like, those are the shooters you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about <laughs> real life shooters. Like, so the whole mantra of you, you know, even him getting a bread game chain, like, and that's like a common thing, like rappers getting, you know. Your city uh, sports superstar. Right, getting behind you, wanting to support you. But it's like, they gave job bread game chain. He think he <laughs> sticy, bro. He think he big 30. It's like, man, bro, it's, it's cool to be you, dog. Like, I don't know who you got around you, but like, you know, definitely check your circle because they helping you hustle backwards right now. Is anybody telling you that you're wrong? So, before uh, y'all jump in, so I wanted to also add a little bit of backstory. So we have this situation with John Moran flashing a gun on his IG live this past weekend. That is a culmination of recent events that have started back in the summer that's led up to this moment they may give people a sense of like where there's smoke there may potentially also be fire right so july of this past summer it was reported that john moran's mother had got into it with an employee at a mall in memphis her getting into it with that employee led to john moran and company and his partners getting into it with mall security in the parking lot John Morant mentioning statements in the police report saying he he want to know what time the security guard get off work, you know, all that type of stuff. It was also said that somebody had pushed the security guard, uh, but no arrests, no charges were made from that incident. So that's your <clears> first that's your first incident that happened this past summer. Not long after that incident, uh, then another police report comes in into play where. A uh, 17-year-old kid is playing basketball at John Moran's house. The They had an exchange where the kid had reported in a police report that he's seen John Moran go in his house, grab a gun. And this is after him and John Moran had an exchange on the court where the kid said, Ja threw him, through the through the kid the ball, you know, hard. And the kid thought maybe Ja was trying to punk him. So the kid threw the ball back at Ja equally as hard or whatever. And the ball slipped through Ja's hand and hit him in the face. And that's what then, well, forgive me, before Ja went to go get the gun, after the kid threw the ball and Ja couldn't grab it and the ball hit Ja in the face, Ja then proceeded to square with the dude, hit him in the jaw. And 
and then one of Jai's friends ended up ganging up on the kid as well. And then after that, it is said the kid went, proceeded, uh, forgive me, Jai proceeded to go in the house, grab a gun. He didn't draw the gun on the kid or whatever the case may be. But that's what that is what was in a police report. That was he say, she say from the incident. No, no arrests were made or anything like that. Uh, I believe before, I guess it went further. They said it was a sealed situation, so not too many people could get much of information after that. So that's the second incident. Then the third incident happened in January, where it said that uh, John Morant, after a game uh, against the Pacers, there was already some type, you know, one of people somebody from Jai's camp was chirping and talking trash to the Pacers bench. That guy ended up getting kicked out of the game after the game was over. Jai meets up with his crew, him and his crew get in the car. They make their way uh, towards where the Pacers team bus is. And somebody from the Pacers camp in the, uh, in the bus says that they seen a slow car, seen a car, black suburban pulling by and the car flashed or uh, a laser in, in towards the uh, bus, which may gave people reason to believe is it what type of laser is this? Is this a beam on a gun? Nobody, could, NBA launched an investigation, could never really truly come, you know, get, gather true evidence or substantial evidence to say whether or not the beam or uh, the laser was attached to a gun or not. That swept, you know, I wouldn't say swept under the rug, but that proceeded to go nowhere, no charges, arrests, anything of the like in that regard. And then after that case, that's the third situation. Then the fourth case, here you have now Jai flashing a gun on his IG Live. So I just wanted to provide, you know, that little, that those sequence of events leading up to where we are now. Uh, Daisha's uh, Black Peace, how do y'all feel about the uh, current situation at hand with those facts? I mean, I, I feel like I got a whole monologue. So, Dardell, you can go ahead. Well, uh, I'm going to go a little bit left uh, with the with my answer about it because it's something I, I, I think you kind of missed, but I don't think it kind of falls into place. There was a team meeting that same day. And then he went out to the club, which shows, like, to me, the leadership in that organization is poor. You know, of course, people have make their own decisions with their own personal lives, you know, outside the court. But you have a good leader inside that, you know, inside the uh, inside the locker room. It makes a big difference. You know, you can keep you can help keep your your teammates out of trouble. You can help guide, you know, with a little bit of guidance, this and that. Nobody on the Grizzlies uh, roster that I know of is it has seniority and experience and enough uh, 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 power to really just influence the other players. I say one of the, the OGs, I can't really think of any of the OGs. Well, yeah. the, uh, I'm sorry, Steven, Steven Adams. That's who, called, that's who called the meeting that you were referring to, and, Steven and, Adams. And, and, and for Steven Adams to be the leader, I feel is a little bit swayed because he is the, the foreign one in the box. He is the, you know, the, the, uh, the odd man out. So I just feel like that team is a lead, lead of some serious though. Yes, he's just, no, I mean, he just as young as everybody else, and that's the problem. They don't have a real vet in the locker room, and I think they were alluding to that, and I think that's what I you were alluding to. Like, they don't have a guy that's 30-plus in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't age, have a 30-year-old. Just that barrier, too. Because he's, yeah. he's been in positions where he's, you know, been on a championship team and know how to get there, but if, if nobody really just 
takes you serious enough and you can make that impact, it doesn't matter. You're going to be you're, we're in through one ear and out the other. We're going to listen to Dylan Brooks, <clears throat> who just got suspended. We're going to listen to that guy. Yeah, so Steven Adams is uh, 29. Dylan Brooks is 27. Um, I, I could be wrong. I want to say he got traded. Uh, Danny Green, who's 35. I want to feel like Danny Green got traded. Like the one guy who um, I personally feel like would have gave them a little bit of more maturity and gone. And I wonder why. If he is gone, right, yeah. Know. Danny Green is gone. He got traded to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So the oldest guy you got on that team, which is Steven Adams, trying to be a veteran of uh, himself, is he's 29 years old. And then Ja is 24, 23. Yeah. Ja's 23. So I might actually be a Ja Morant fan after all of this because. I'm going to tell you how it started. So when he was a rookie, he was starting off. This is before he knew he was it, right? He just had to prove himself. He got a rookie of the year, you know what I mean? So he started flexing. Everybody started seeing who he was now. Then he got on. And so now he on, and now he like kind of like the, the face of the Memphis Grizzlies, right? But this is what happens when you got like a young boy culture. Right, because you got this 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 young guy now, who you making the face of your franchise, and he plays good basketball for sure, but he who he is for real is not ready to be a leader of a team, is not ready to be all the way in the position that he's in now. As far as accolades, as far as being the face, as far as being a likable guy, he checks all those boxes. But as far as personally, like mentally, like who he really is, like. It's clear he's really a young little little nigga, little gangster out here. Still has that. What's up? Uh, finish, finish. That's something I want to share, but finish. You was headed to what I want to add to, but keep going. Keep rocking out. So the reason I say that is because, like, all of this stuff has been happening. And it's like, Giles, you're going to realize that you're the man and you have the sweetest spot. You have the spot that everybody wants to have and all you got to do is fix your personal stuff? Or are you gonna be like everybody? Are you gonna be like others who had their time, had their spot, and they squandered it? You know what I'm saying? Because we all looking at you, we all love you. We all want you to be it because you look promising on the court. You're like a big guy, we like your dad. You know what I'm saying? But the way you got these Grizzlies moving, you got these Grizzly moving like y'all little thugs and y'all not really trying to play no ball for real. So what's it gonna be, gentlemen? And so that's how, like, now, so with him coming out with the statement of, I'm going to go work on my mental health, I, you know what I'm saying, I've been tripping, it's like, okay, well, maybe I might actually, maybe there might be hope for John Morant, and he might actually be the one, he might actually do it, and just be able to just course his career out with just being that dude for the entire time, instead of us having to hear about you with anything other than basketball. So, uh, go ahead, bro. Oh, all right, so Josh's statement after the situation, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. Um, and you talk about uh, him talking about finding better ways to deal with his stress. That's 
that's mostly what stood out to me just in terms of more money, more problems. John Morant just signed a five-year, uh, $192 million extension, like rookie extension. So it's just like, y'all gave me the keys to the city city. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that in also, Memphis for a long time, bro. It go down in Memphis. Bro, you, you hear me? So, I mean, got the five-year. I got family in Memphis, here, yeah, so I. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so coming off his rookie coming off of his rookie contract gets the extension five years 190 plus million then on top of that he got the nike deal then he got the pirate contract so it, he probably feeling you know you don't know what he's going through but I, I i feel like there's some validity to him trying to find better ways to just deal with whatever stress and pressures he's he has 24 bro Bro, 23, you know what I'm saying? He's 20, like 23. 23, a father. Like, so, uh, yeah, so I want to play this uh, clip from Gilbert Arenas, who, you know, who has dealt with this probably at the highest of lows. Um, so, yeah, and I want to hear y'all thoughts about it. When it comes to tears, you were a one-tier player. You, you're supposed to be the future. And then this is just, just, just real reality, you know, because no one's going to tell you this. You are... Number one, you, Luca, Tatum, all that. Um, they have now bumped you to tier two, tier three. Um, no matter what you go out there and do, moving forward for at least the next three years, you're going to be behind those players because of the image. Um, you're going to have to really sit back and like re-image yourself, um, unfortunately. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those things where you know you, you want to be mindful, but you still have to be a little real. Um, you know, if you don't get voted in the All Star game, those coaches are gonna look the other way. I mean, a lot of things are gonna gonna happen, no matter how good you play. So, you know, it's one of these things where for the next three years, you're really gonna have to duck your head and just play basketball still keep your same personality and not get in trouble for you to get back to to who you you know were three weeks ago or two weeks ago before any of this started so and i just want to tell you this and this is going to sound like real brutal real brutal the last the last step before crossing that finish line of image changing is he's going to have to cut his hair and become clean look, ungangsteristic, looking so far away from the music that they think he's mimicking or um, Memphis. Yeah, that's so, so more Demetrius than Ja. Yeah, it's like it's like um, putting on a a, a a gangster putting on a suit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they want you to, you know, you know, it's like when a gangster rapper goes on the court and. You know, he has a suit on, got the the, the glasses to try to look, yeah. you know, presentable, and that's or with their definition of, of well, presentable. Yeah. Is, yeah. No, I mean, look, and that's that's just that's that's just the harsh truth. Yeah, man. So somebody, an experienced vet who's been through a job, been through, um, hearing his take. How do y'all feel about that? Do y'all feel? Like so we put the same on that. That's Nigga, who is that? Durant. That's exactly that's that's all I'm like. I thought I'm off, so I thought I prefaced it. Yeah, that's good. He did. He said that's Gilbert Arena, that? someone that's went through this before. I know I got kind of lost to myself, but I 
it's Gills. So yeah, for sure. He definitely became a nice little intro. Thank you. I was actually thinking about it earlier. Like, you know, we should bring that up and he hit that on the nail. But sorry. I need Continue. those breasts before I die. Y'all can have that. <laughs> I mean, Gilbert just, I mean, Gilbert is saying a more exaggerated or more, probably a more real version than what kind of what I was alluding to. But I mean, Jai, this is, he's at a, Pinnacle, right? Is that a crossroads, so to speak? You know, I don't know if it gets as drastic as having to cut his hair. I don't know about that, but I do believe him for the next couple of years, you have to put your head down and just hoop um, and see where the cards may. You just signed a big power aid deal. You just obviously signed the five year 192 extension. Um, you just got your signature shoe with Nike. Hell of a time for you to want to be stupid and go, you know, Put a gun on IG Live, but hey, we're here now. Uh, yeah, man, image correction, school 101, loading. So, but with that being said, you know, everybody know that's kind of part of his look, part of his image, the hair. So he's smart. He don't need to do anything, do anything too dramatic. Call those uh, endorsements, call those people up. Hey, man, I'm about to make a move that's straight. Because the last thing he needs is lose out on more money and more to, to a couple people that are still supporting him. Because he's still going to have support. They still know he's young. They still know how influential music is. They, people know how this goes. For Christ's sakes, there are still people, nothing against that situation, but there's a lot of public people that are fighting for the YSL case, knowing what's going on. And they're, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like people are, aren't going to shame you all the way just because you believe in a gangster image. You know what I'm saying? They'll forget about it soon, especially right now. I think it's actually going to blow, blow over less than three years if uh, if honestly he just goes into like just quiet mode. Not even cut his, like I said, not even cut his hair, but just go into quiet mode. Just like you said, shine hard. Keep your head down. You know, play ball. Like I said, if he does do, decide to do anything dramatic, just, man, call your agent. Make sure it's straight. Because I feel like he's a, uh, he can be a bit, a, a bit dramatic with his movements. And I feel like he may hear something, think that's the right move, and mess up a whole bunch of lanes that he already had going. So I just thought he had to calm down, talk to his agents more, you know, talk to his business people a little bit more, and just make sure that his, his he can save his career. Because right now, it's definitely on the tightrope. No, nah, definitely, man. Uh, hey, man, Josh Young, so like I say, give him grace for being young and being human, and hopefully he can, you know, you know, make better decisions moving forward for the betterment of himself and his family. But yeah, man. Um, nah, still keeping it into uh, keeping it on the basketball court. I found some something that I've been paying attention to uh, from afar uh, with my wife is the trajectory, the trajectory of Barney James, and mm. and uh, so. LeBron recently tweeted, uh, put out a tweet saying, man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Shit, lightweight, hilarious. And so me personally, I feel like that tweet basically locked and loaded the target that is flirt uh floated around Bronny for a while you know what I'm saying but I feel like that tweet definitely boys are locked in on uh Bronny's chest as he gets ready to finish up high school and then go on to college and you know therefore try to transcend to the NBA and so 
with a tweet like that, one, that's his, that, I mean, that's his son. He's supposed to feel that way. So I'm not going to follow LeBron feeling that way at all about his son. But I, I have been paying attention to, you know, who recruits Bronny, uh, what certain news outlets say about Bronny. Um, because I feel like regardless of what Bronny may end up being Hall of Fame basketball player in the NBA or, you know, average player in the NBA, I don't think no media outlet specifically wants to be known for, for having a reporter or whatever or headline that says Barney is going to be a bust before it, it's even actually seen, right? Because there's a certain level of like, you know, we ain't going to say this though. Like, we, like, we want to possibly have a relationship or we want to possibly be able to interview him one day, right? Exactly, right? To a degree, if you like, you know what I'm saying? So LeBron so going to cut that out to where you ain't going to, you ain't going to be none of that. <laughs> ever. No <more>. Ever. <laughs> right? And so, uh, and so, no one to kick it with your money. Give me my money. Right. So, um, so my wife, she feels like, man, I just feel like they gonna hand it to Bronny. I don't feel like they gonna because of who his dad is. Which nepotism is real. That could be the case. We don't know. For me, I'm just paying attention bit by bit, piece by piece, how this happens. And so when I heard LeBron say that, I immediately ran to the rankings to see, did he move? Like, is anybody, like, bringing him up there because of what LeBron said? Now, maybe like a week or two ago, it was uh, people had said, that, hey, Bronny is now moved into the, the mock draft as a potential top 10 draft pick for the year 2024, basically saying, hey, he's starting to fill out in his body. And something that's really stood out is uh, how uh, how he's really showed and improved on defense, how he's, you know, a really uh, tough defender. Um, and so people are kind of like putting him and saying he should be a lottery pick by the year 2024. So before LeBron made those comments by saying like, by saying Bronny is definitely better than some of the cats in the league that he had been watching on lead pass. Right now, currently ESPN top 100 for the year 2023 rankings, Bronny is ranked 28. Uh, for rivals, he is ranked 43. For 24-7 sports, he is ranked 34. And again, I told you he's uh, being projected to be a, a top 10 lottery pick for the year 2024 in the NBA. And on three recruits, on three recruits, who is probably somebody who you, they probably feel like you won't catch, catch us nowhere saying anything bad about Bronny. Before LeBron's statements on, on three recruits, Bronny was ranked 27th. After LeBron made this statement, they pulled him up to ninth in their rankings. And they moved him from a four-star recruit to a five-star recruit. And I was just like, so y'all, okay, so y'all the ones. Y'all, 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 y'all not gonna play no games. Bron, this way, bro. <laughs> um, and so hey, I, was, Brian, I, I I think he's gonna be the first round pick. <laughs> and so I was reading articles. I was reading articles about uh Bronny, and they were basically saying I, I can't remember or recall if it was specifically from on three, 
But the reasoning and him climbing up the ranks were to be said that Bernie's really progressing and the kids who are ranked ahead of him to start off the year, they really just haven't progressed. And I was just like, so it's just going to – I've never heard that for anybody. Now, I've heard of a player falling and, you know, maybe like after, you know, a big-time AAU tournament in the summer or uh, Nike camp, Adidas camp or whatever the case might be, when you get to see a top player against everybody else, like they'll climb up the ranks that way. But rarely do I ever see like somebody just skyrocket through the rankings like midway through the season when Bernie is dealt with a knee injury this season. Um, and Bernie is, he was just recently named a McDonald's All-American. Um, and his, his numbers for his senior year, he's averaging 13 points per game, five rebounds and two assists and, uh, almost two steals a game. He's six foot three and only 180 pounds. And so I, for myself, uh, I feel like a lot of, a lot of, evaluation around Bronny, like Bronny definitely can hoop for sure, 1000%. But I feel like for most people, their evaluation of uh, Bronny is like projecting. I feel like they're projecting that he's going to fill out and be 6'8 like his daddy. They're projecting he's going to catch a crazy growth spur and them genetics is going to like, we're going to look up one summer and Bron and Bronny's going to be like, bro, how did you get 6'9 and 215? Like full of like, I feel like that's what people are projecting. And now, I mean, his daddy is LeBron James. Genetics are real, 1,000%, because I want to say his brother Bryce may be like 6'8", 6'7", 6'6", already. I um, think Bronny uh, moved up to 6'4", in height as well. Maybe 6'4". Um, uh, so, yeah, so it's a lot of, like, I feel like it's revolved around uh, mostly, like, projecting what, what he is, what they – anticipating him to grow out to be. Um, and I think only time will tell as he gets ready to decide which college he wants to go to and people kind of see like how he shakes out at college. Right now he's on, uh, I think the only office he has on the table of schools he's looking at is USC, Memphis, and Ohio State. Um, me personally, I would love to see Bronny as a point guard to go to Memphis, head coach Penny Hardaway. You look at what Kendrick Davis is doing there right now with Memphis as a point guard. I would love to see Bronny go there. Um, I know one of his teammates from Sierra Cannon committed and went to USC um, and then Ohio State. He probably just grew up an Ohio State fan. Um but, I mean, do y'all have any thoughts or opinions about Bronny and whether or not there may be a level of nepotism, like, placed into his draft stock or his overall evaluation as a player? Yes, I believe that heaven or hell, 50-50 shot, right or wrong answer, they stand on this side or stand on that side, is Bronny going to shape up to be what everybody is waiting on for real is for him to be the next LeBron James. Is that going to happen? Which side are you standing on? I'm standing on the side of hell no. Right? So I'm going to just say that right now. It's not to disrespect his game. It's not to disrespect any of that because I, I love seeing everything that everybody else loves seeing the father and son thing. Right? And yes, I think that he'll be a good NBA player 
He has all the makings to be a good NBA player. But we want a next generational talent. I do not see that spirit in Bronny James. I'm sorry. You can't get me to – because we've seen it in LeBron by now. So because I don't see it in Bronny, I'm not mad. I get what I'm getting. I, I appreciate what I get from Bar Bronny James. Getting to see LeBron James' two sons play basketball, and I just leave it at that. And But I, I feel like other people are like, let me not say how I really feel because I don't want to be the one to get caught saying that I don't think he'll live up to his dad. But it's I like... I don't know to a degree if, if people are scared to say that. I think it's more so of no kid besides LeBron James himself has been talked about this much throughout his high school tenure. So I think, number one, you want to be careful of being too critical of an actual kid, a minor, somebody who can't even buy tobacco, can't, you know what I mean? It's like, I think it's that angle of it. Or LeBron's kid. But hold on, I'm getting to that angle, though. Because before you even get to the whole, okay, he's LeBron James' son, at the same time, as far as Bronny hype train, like, that started when he was like, what, 14? Hey, 13, you. 14? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, let me not be the first one to tear down a kid and then be, and then be known as the news outlet that, man, y'all really would attack like a kid that way? Man, at least it's way till he gets, you know, at least to the collegiate ranks, right? Like, but um, for the LeBron angle, I think it's more so Hell yeah, some nepotism involved. I'm LeBron James. If my name can't at least boost my son at least a couple ranks, am I really LeBron James? Do I really have a pull that I say I have? So I think I think a portion of that is true as well, but I don't want to be disrespectful to, to Bronny, man. I think it's rare when you see a player, and I think, like you said, the important thing is they're scouting and scaling for potential of what you could grow into be not of what he currently is. Because what he currently is at the high school level is, right, uh, a great perimeter defender, um, a really good efficient shooter. Athletic. Extremely athletic. He's going to play within the confines of winning basketball. And at this age, living in the highlight age, it's rare that you get a player who you kind of can see has that physical ability of, if he took more shots, he could be X, Y, Z, but he plays within the confines of winning of what his team needs to win. Could they win with him dropping 30 a game? Probably. Would it be as pretty? Would it be as cohesive? Would he still get those perks and pats on the back of his defense getting noticed, his passing getting noticed? Because what I see is they build an image of him slowly being a true, complete player at that age, which is rare. Because a lot of kids that come straight out of the high school on their AAU circuit, all they know is highlight basketball, i.e. probably your boy Mikey, who played with Bronny when he was like 10, 11 years old, right? You know what I'm saying? So I think about things like that. Does Mikey get talked about for his basketball IQ, his prowess of being a full and well-rounded player, or does he just get known for his highlight dunks and his athletic finishes? So it's like... Yeah, and he's been victimized because... They're now saying with him dropping the way he did, he ain't playing nobody because he plays, I believe, like on different club teams that play high schools or however that works. But, yeah. Uh, last last note that I want to make about Bronny in terms of uh, one, I, I, I 
place emphasis on like, like it's like one your daddy is LeBron James, and it is in my belief that in the summertime you hooping against these players in the league. That is my belief. That should be like making you better. Whatever your daddy has access to to make him great, you got that times ten compared to what all the other high school athletes or have have or have exposure to. So I think that plays into you know the projection of him potentially uh of being great and and also being a, a lottery pick in the year of 2024. Also too, um, Amari Bailey was his teammate when Barney had transferred to uh, Sierra Canyon, who was a top recruit in his class and went on to UCLA. So it's little things like that that I think about. It was like, okay, well, you got to be going up against him every day, who's a shooting guard. Like, shouldn't that also be making you better? I, I remember Gilbert Arenas bringing that point up. So. He has all he has all the tools around him to live up to whatever height to build out into whatever potential. Uh, and so, day by day, season by season, it would be nice to see what he ends up committing. I would like to see him at the University of Memphis. And uh, shoot, man, it, uh, we can go from there, man. Keep your eyes out on Bernie. See how he climbs up in the ranks. See how he does at the McDonald's All American, um, and all the other showcases coming up for the top recruits uh, this upcoming summer. Yeah, man, that's right. All right, so a quick brief pause on the sports. Quick brief pause on the sports. Diversity and inclusion, Governor Abbott says he wants the diversity, equity, and inclusion statements taken off of the hiring applications of, you know, faculty and staff, as well as taking it off the application and process for students. Uh, he says that this is, uh, while this was originally, yes, created for the under <laughs> underprivileged uh, community, us African Americans and the Hispanic Latino people, um, and those coming from overseas, so to speak. While this was intended to help them, it's now harming or being a disservice to other communities that wouldn't necessarily be <laughs> would necessarily be deemed. Under the diversity, equity, and aka umbrella. the white, white people, people ain't getting enough <laughs> opportunities as they used to. We need the majority to be a little bit we, more. We need to go back how majority. it was. <laughs> we need to go back how it was. Make America great again. Air quotes and right. I unquote them. Um, I, I just and I'm sorry. Oh, I know. Should I'm, we be surprised? I mean, like. Horse manure, man. Greg Abbott is a freaking utilitarian, tyrannical tyrant at this point. Um, it, it, I don't know to be surprised. Texas is a red state. We've been known to have some right-wing fanatical uh, things going on within, you know, the legislation. So, um, you know, it's it's just really poor and just kind of disgusting to see that type of aggression, especially with Roe v. Wade being overturned on a constitutional uh, level. And then you have Texas uh, implementing such divisive legislation like this. Um, it, it makes you wonder, right? Um, you know, biblical prophecy coming to fruition, man. We, we living in the last days, you know, 
Uh, they said the last days when the Son of Man before He comes. Um, and we're getting into the Christian part of the program. Um, it would be is in the days of Noah's, and and as of the days of Noah, it was very archaic in the sense of a lot of lawlessness uh, and people just uh, turning away uh, from Yahweh. But um, hey, man, sadly it's the world we living in. But am I surprised? get worse before it get better but it'll get better eventually hopefully personally uh, y'all have anything else that ain't your fellas uh, no I'm not surprised at all um, hopefully in some kind of way this helps black folk as well say that again hopefully in some <laughs> way this helps black folk Yeah, man. Well, the looks of it, uh, this is definitely not a step in that direction. But uh, you know, we'll 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 see. All things shall work together for the good. <laughs> because Lord forbid, the more inclusive we get on giving everybody opportunities, <laughs> it's so funny how everything. <laughs> if it's not for them, it's it's like against them, right? Because we're for inclusion, we're we're prejudiced against their vast opportunities that they it, it's it's mm -hmm. almost baffling at this point because this is i know it's where it's pressure from but with all the opportunities that they have we, we just don't have as many opportunities as we used to have right yeah yeah we need that to change because if you want our money and you want our support <laughs> right. that's I'm exactly sorry. what it I'm is sorry, right there that's exactly sorry. what it is right there this is like where exactly is this pressure coming yeah. from for him to say diversity ish out yeah diversity all right yeah man so uh just be aware of that uh people just be aware that that's uh going on right now in the state of texas and uh at the uh public universities out there um we appreciate you living in atlanta and caring about <laughs> texas right now. of course oh, texas, right. home of the players and pimps i can never turn my heart away uh so Real quick, we're going to come back over to basketball. We're going to pay homage, give flowers to none other than Paul Gasol, who's getting his jersey retired tonight for the Lakers. Uh, he is the 13th Laker to be uh, getting his jersey retired. Paul Gasol, I mean, he is he wrote the forward in uh, Kobe Bryant's book. And he's also the godfather of... Uh, one if not uh more uh, of Kobe Bryant's daughters. Um and I mean what intricate PC was for Kobe Bryant to be able to propel to two championships. Uh when Paul Gasol got there, uh they didn't make it that first year in the middle of the season of the trade, but the next three consecutive seasons they made it to the finals, losing obviously 08-09 season to the Celtics, but then went on to beat the Orlando Magic in the finals and then redeemed themselves against the uh, I would say Clippers uh, against the Celtics. Um, not, don't know how many people remember, but in that game seven victory over the Boston Celtics, 
Paul Gasol dropped 19 points and 18 rebounds and grabbed 18 rebounds. Talk about clutch in the game seven immediately, especially in the game where Bean was struggling in front of the field. But nonetheless, man, Paul Gasol, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, 2001 Rookie of the Year, two-time champion, uh, 01 All-Rookie Team, has over 20,000 points scored, 11 rebounds grabbed, almost 2,000 blocks, and almost 4,000 assists, average 17 points and nine boards and over three assists throughout his entire career. And, uh, and like I said, those first three years with the Lakers, when they went those first three consecutive years going to the NBA Finals, Paul Gasol averaged 18 points and 10 rebounds, man. Uh, so uh, probably don't get talked about or not saying this flashy considering the era that he retired in, but definitely up there in the ranks of like all-time international players. Um, so, yeah, man. Had to put some respect on Paul Gasol's name. Obviously, if you Laker Nation, I know Paul Gasol got to mean something to you. But no, man, yeah, triple salute to Paul Gasol. Triple salute to Paul Gasol getting his jersey retired for the Lakers, man. I used to I used to call Paul Gasol Jesus because he would always bail Kobe out of certain stuff. <laughs> That's why we got Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus, Jesus. He, he never missed free throws. Um, he was a – he was – yeah, he was a that caliber of player that that team needed him to be for them to win those two championships. And yeah, you you can't. Yeah, it's certain people that you got to mention in the legacy of Kobe, and he's certainly one of them. Yo, man. So over to the football field, man. Uh, there's no story bigger in the NFL currently. Excuse me. There's no story bigger in NFL right now than Lamar Jackson getting franchise tag by the Baltimore Ravens. And now you have two different franchise tags, right? You have the exclusive franchise tag, which uh, pays, which pays, you know, the the average of the five highest uh, players' salary in your position. Had he got regularly franchise tags well he, had he got the exclusive franchise tag he would have made 40 plus million dollars in this one season but Lamar got the non-exclusive franchise tag which will only pay him 32 million in addition to him getting that non-exclusive franchise tag and only being paid 32 million this year Lamar has the opportunity to go shop himself around to other teams around the league to see hey can y'all can y'all give me a long term deal that I'm looking for with the guaranteed money, so on and so forth? If Lamar finds that team to, that wants to give him a long term deal, the Baltimore Ravens then have the option to possibly match that that offer to keep Lamar. If they don't want to match that offer and say Lamar will let you go to whatever team you find your long term deal from, in exchange for letting Lamar walk, the Baltimore Ravens will get two first round draft picks. Not particularly sure in which year they have to fall in, but. That is how they came about that rule in the collective bargain agreement. So Lamar gets franchise tag at the non-exclusive franchise tags for 32 million, which means Daniel Jones will be making more than him. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have, and Lamar have yet to come to an agreement on the long-term contract for Lamar Jackson. I know the answer to this, but just for the sake of the podcast and the wordplay, uh, respect or don't respect this move by the Baltimore Ravens. Well, hold on. Before before we answer, 
did anybody notice that as soon as you said Lamar Jackson, Darnell was like, oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was uh I, I didn't know I didn't Bro, know if that was on cue for the like, he just had something to do. <laughs> as soon as he was like, all right, so we were oh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, yep, mm-hmm. I'm time, gone. Time to go. And time to go. <laughs> uh so me personally, brother, you know, um I feel like this is kind of what happens when you, you know. Respectably, better yourself. Okay, so I respect it all, me personally, because it's all in the business of football. You know, we were hoping that Lamar, Lamar was starting to have a breakout year, like he was not a breakout year, but he was starting to have a really good year. And then you know he got plagued by injury, and such is life, right? So now you put the franchise in the position. To where it's like, okay, you didn't have that year to build that resume for us to just lie. So we do still want to continue with the Man, this they owe that man back pay for the MVP, but anyway. It's a business, right? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, hey. I know. And I but know no, Dacious, if you say, real quick, so if you say you're respecting the business, that means you're in support of like the, the owners and the organization because the business isn't. So, so you're not on Lamar's side. Say it again, <laughs> bro. He know what he's doing. You ain't got coaching the same side of He's making his bed clear as day. I but can't you, hear y'all. Can y'all hear you me? You speaking that real? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and talk because he can't hear us right now. But, um. You know, man, I definitely, they not respecting the game. Um, but this is on par for who the Ravens are. Um, if you scale it back and look back as far back as 25 years, I don't believe they've ever given a quarterback big money. That's not how they traditionally build their teams. They have built a model, so they believe. Ozzie Newsom, was, by the way, is a, a great black GM and not only just a black GM, but he's just a great GM, period. A great builder of football teams. And the way he's built that team over the last 25 or so years, he's done it through the draft primarily with the splash of free agency here and there. So from a method of getting away from who they are, they stuck true to script and they did not deviate even with a once-in-a-lifetime type of athlete at the quarterback position in Lamar Jackson, um, who I believe deserves to be played. No, I don't respect that because you just disrespected a man because I can see why you you haven't played or, excuse me, paid quarterbacks in the past. Because if you look at their list of who they've had at quarterback, I wouldn't pay them $1.25 either if you think about it. But Lamar Jackson is a bit different. He's a bit of an anomaly to what you've had previously. You got a guy who's won a unanimous MVP in the National Football League, a guy who's led the league in touchdown passes and led the league in rushing yards for quarterback, breaking the record, and, and you still treat him as though he's nothing. You treat him less lesser than Daniel Jones, which is astonishing to me, and it's extremely disrespectful. So from that perspective, 
Um, They're not respecting the game because I don't care what history has told you and how you can build a team. I dare you to go try and find another Lamar Jackson in the draft. I know, oh, but Anthony Richardson did it. Stop. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's so good. He We, we never heard about him until two weeks ago. But anyway, um, it's just disrespectful, man. Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid as a top five quarterback. Um, the last couple guys who won the MVP at the quarterback position, oddly enough, all have extensions and contracts more money than Lamar. But anyway, no. and we haven't even brought up Deshaun Watson, who doesn't have the accolades of most passing yards in the season. And we and there's our boy in the age, I know. We haven't even brought him up yet, who has a guaranteed two hundred and thirty million. Prior to the extension, he did lead the league in passer rating and yards. So right. I do want to put that out there. Like, D-Dubfo ain't no hoe, but... For sure, not 1,000%. I get, 1, it. I get yeah. it. He don't have MVP. Yeah, which is the cream of the crop. Like, that's... That's like the best you can do. Get, yeah. I meant it in that regard, Indi- yeah. Individual award. Individual, right, one thousand percent. Uh, but yeah, five years, two hundred thirty million guaranteed, and on top of the baggage that came with him. And how many I, podcasts? I'm sorry. I'm saying, how many podcasts have we spent arguing about Lamar Jackson to where now he deserves money? I never say Lamar Jackson didn't deserve money. But when you got That's Daniel, what I'm we have we have we have argued Lamar Jackson's eliteness back and forth on the podcast over the years, right? To now, it's like we're surprised that he's franchise tag. No, we're not. I'm not, not, I'm not surprised. I won't. I'll say. I say. You're right. Yes, we have argued back and forth, like tit for tat, uh, pro Lamar, not Lamar, whatever the case may be. But in the past. There's always been the looming unsettledness of is he going to get his money? Now we're here today with the clear cut decision being made to see, oh, they're not trying to give him his money, which brings us to, hmm, now what? What for Lamar? No, bro, because at the beginning of the season, so, okay, so whose decision is it that Lamar decides to play before making a deal? Because from my understanding, that was Lamar Jackson's decision to be like, hey, I'm going to play this year out, and at the end of this year, whatever I ask for, I need to have it, right? That's what I was under the perception of. So it didn't go that way. So since it didn't go that way, what, what is the front office left to do now? Oh well, you know what? We know you was you. If you were not injured, you were gonna get us a Super Bowl. So let's pay you Super Bowl money right now. This is like no, well, no, well, the franchise tag is in place for this situation particularly. If you have a player that you love, you don't want to go for players like Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins, not dudes like Lamar Jackson, who you know for the next five years. The franchise, no, the the franchise tag. To what you just said, Isaac, it's for players like your Daniel Joneses, but the franchise tag is also for business tactics. To, oh, absolutely. But you know what I'm, I'm saying? just saying, business speaking, right? Um, hey, man, business can ruin some relationships. And 
uh, we all know the the foundation of great business um, is is derived from a a great relationship. Um, relationships are everything, man. Like Meek Mill said, "Hey, man, relationships worth more than money." And no. right now, you 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 soiling and asphyxiating on a relationship, so I call it. Yeah. Hey man, you you, you 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 we slowly getting to that. It's getting late early. We getting to that point of no return to where, bro. I ain't gonna lie, y'all really for real like disrespecting me. I don't want to play here no more. We we getting to that level. We getting to that. Yeah, we there. I, I, we mean, it, I think yes. we there because we what, there. like whatever what everybody has been saying in the reports is that Lamar wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. Lamar wants to reset the market. That's what everybody has been saying. And they not gonna let him do that in Baltimore. They not they gonna let him do that. They just do don't that. do that. They don't do what, that. What, so okay. what 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 team? What team? What team? What time, team? All right. team. So, so time Give me out. A team. Time out real quick, Sedation. So you're asking for a team. The teams that are not currently pursuing Lamar is the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. Those are five teams that have that it's been reported they're not looking to pursue Lamar any way, shape, form, or fashion. All right. So, and right to that, you're saying, give me a team, give me a team, give me a team, give me a team. My knee-jerk reaction to that is going to be, I don't know, but here's the thing where the franchise tag comes back into play. Credit to Fred Taylor who brought this up. And talking about the franchise tag also, is it's a business tactic for the owners and for the organization to use their cash space however they see fit. What is there to be said about the Baltimore Ravens not necessarily pulling this non-exclusive franchise tag, not putting that on Lamar because they don't want to pay him, but also knowing, hey, brother, remember, remember with the exclusive tag, he can go out there and shop himself away to see if he can find a long-term deal and the Ravens get the opportunity to match that if they want to. But who's to say the Ravens ain't re- already had conversations with everybody else around the league to know Lamar ain't gonna go go gonna go nowhere to find the money he wants. And so it's just like, well, if we know ain't nobody gonna cash you out for 235 guaranteed to let you reset the market and set the record, we ain't just to give you that money if we know it ain't a market out there for you to get that money. So it would be in our best business interest to be like, take this 32. <laughs> yeah, because the 130 guarantee was. This is disrespectful, man. Because honestly, I, it's really giving him, a, it's really, to me, it's really giving him another chance. It's like, okay, we're going to erase this injury year where, you know, we really couldn't get to see if we should pay you this money. We're going to erase that. Give me at least that. 200 guaranteed. Can I at least get bro, 200? 200? I can't be mad at 200, bro. Show me you love me. Show no, show don't, me don't show me you love me. Yeah. Show me you respect me. Give me the two hundred mil. I respect you. I respect you by understanding that you had a season that was plagued by injury, and that I need to give no. you another season. <laughs> that isn't about respect. We all know and believe that, or at least I believe they don't Draft trust Lamar helping. Draft better receivers. Give me help, as opposed to me running around for my life back here. What? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, you no, sound I... worse than these folks in his office. Huh? Yeah, man. So I have a rapper. But Marquise Brown wasn't good enough. 
Man, Marquise uh, Brown ain't Lamar. All Jackson. these other guys that they got wasn't good enough. Talking about some hell no. Why you Brown ain't shit? Bro, didn't he have like a, a good offensive line? No, he, he had, had a, a he had a good year because Lamar Jackson. Hollywood Brown ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> ain't he with the go. Cardinals now? Yeah, Mark Andrews. He, he ain't even top twenty in the league, brother. Mark Andrews. Top, I'm talking about Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews is a top five tight end, but yeah. Hollywood Brown. Again, for the third time, respectfully, and, and then the, and then the wide receiver they drafted in the first round. I can't think of his name currently. He was out with injury this season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the Ravens don't believe in Lamar long term because they believe he's injury prone. And I believe for them, the last thing they feel like themselves want to do is give him three hundred million. I'm not saying that's what Lamar want. want. I'm just throwing that number out there. They give him three hundred million. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what he's negotiating for, rather. They yeah. last thing they would want is give him 300 mil guarantee and he injured. You know what I'm saying? 300 million five years guarantee. And for five of those three, three for those five years, you not being able to play full season. You know what I'm saying? So uh and it kind it comes down to like right there style of play that Lamar is being elusive out there, taking hits on and so forth. So Bro, go get in one of these AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes next year on this franchise tag. You pay. They still if not you, gonna give it if, to him. If you do anything less than that, I don't believe they're gonna give it to him. They not, bro, because Baltimore just traditionally don't pay quarterbacks. They build through the draft, man, and they think their way. You gotta see, 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 if we was talking about Patrick Mahomes, Baltimore would have no choice. Patrick Mahomes is like completely different level, completely different conversation. <laughs> exactly. That's the market. Completely Patrick different. Is the market. You want to change the but market? He, but see, look, but Patrick Mahomes, people look at Patrick Mahomes' figure of 500 million. So that 500 million is spread out not only over 10 years, it's spread out over. Um, he doesn't even receive the first fullness of it until I think after this year. So I don't even think that contract kicks in until 2024 um, as far as the extension for Patrick Mahomes. So he structured a lot of that money to be received on the back end to give the team room to uh, go out and sign free agents so they can still contend for championships. But Lamar done paid his dudes. Baltimore, y'all wrong. Y'all cheap. Pay this nigga. You don't. If y'all, we'll go get the money somewhere else. Case closed. Yeah. But I think I think the Ravens sent out the the whoopty whoop, sent out the okie doke, and was like, hey, you know, we at the end of the day, us billionaires got to stick together. Y'all don't offer him, and, and he we we gonna force this fool to play under the the non exclusive franchise tag and all that money he thought he was gonna get. Um, and, and, and I'm going to tell you what, and, and this is my last thing, and I'm done talking about it. I think, and me personally, I think due to the scale and magnitude of the size of this deal, the fact that Lamar Jackson does not have a true agent that front offices are used to conversing with, because mind you, the top athletes share, you know, 
couple handfuls of the same agents. So they're used right. to talking to, relatively speaking, the same people. If not just Lamar, under the same umbrella of agencies. Of course. Lamar Jackson, however, is managed by his mother, the black woman, a strong visionary of a black woman who's had a clear cut vision and path for her son for a long time. Bro, I think it's an angle to that story to where I don't know if they want his mom to be a part of receiving commission on that large of a deal because agents are old, right? Like 10 to 15% of that contract. Could it be something along the lines of we don't want to create that much generational wealth for a minority family? We're used to dealing with things a certain way and maybe they aren't following the code of what's and how it's done. I just charge you to maybe think about it from that perspective. I've thought about some of that going on. I've thought about that too, and I've thought at bare minimum, if she's just, you know, out there figuring it out as she go since he came into the league, like, has she had some type of counsel? Even if nobody has tried to manage Lamar directly, has the mother been able to have some type of counsel for somebody uh, more experienced than her to be like, hey, this is how you may want to try to handle this situation? Or is she just going for what she know, you know, like I said, just figuring it out as she goes. So I've definitely thought about that. And that's all that's also been a point. Like, is it because of the mom is in the inner workings? Could this deal have been done? And could Lamar have reset the market? Hey, he had an agent who's been more experienced. So that's something to think about too. Um to close talking about Isaac's point of the Baltimore Ravens uh traditionally not paying their quarterback. So Joe Flacco uh, after being a Super Bowl MVP, was given a six-year, $126 million contract. And of that $120 million, only $29 million was guaranteed. And that was as a wow. that, and that was as a Super Bowl MVP coming off a Super Bowl MVP. Wow. Uh, so in terms of what they usually do. They actually really respected this fool. <laughs> <laughs> because that is actually, that's not even funny. That's like, bro, six years, 29 million. You just signed your soul away for, and bro, that's not no, even six five year, million. A six year, 120 million. I know, with only 29 guaranteed, and oh, I guarantee yeah. he didn't hit in sales <laughs> those following years, bro. That contract was worth a little less than $4 million a year. They won. Yeah. yeah. They won on <laughs> they them, won. bro. Yeah, man. So, there's, there's the history of the Baltimore Ravens and them paying quarterbacks. So, this may not be a Lamar thing. This just may be a Baltimore Ravens thing. Yeah, man. It, it, it was always that, but I, I'm just shocked that the Jets Ain't throwing the book at them. New York, the market, young team. I like Mike right. White, bro. I like Mike White. I know he ain't no Lamar. I, I know he not no Lamar. But I know he not Lamar. But I like and the offense looked a whole lot better than uh what you call it. Who's the rookie quarterback? Zach Wilson when Zach Wilson was back. There. Zach Wilson finna be um, <laughs> who drafted Mike White. He finna be brushing up on his uh yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they play uh they play football over there in China. 
Beautiful people, that's what you call a great episode, man. Thank y'all kindly for taking your time out to listen to us or watch us on YouTube. Make sure you go follow us on all our social media platforms at Shine Hard, at I Am Sedacious, at Emacs Stacks, at Black Period Peace. Um, yeah, man, and we're on any podcast streaming platform that you got in your phone. You can find us there. Love you, beautiful people. We will see you next week. <laughs>